Happy Friday, everyone. It's the weekend. It's gonna be a long weekend. We're gonna get drunk, but safely. Today, we're sharing a super fun episode with Lauren Flans and Nicole Payson, the hosts of the incredible Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole podcast. This episode was recorded in January when it was safe to invite people into a small recording studio and sit on a couch together. I'm so happy to finally share this super fun interview. Yay, enjoy! I have two very special guests on the couch with me today. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Nicole Paysant. Um, I am an actor, writer, and co-host of Coming Out Pod with Lauren Flans. Hi, I am Lauren Flans. Uh, yes, I am a, a writer slash actor, uh, and uh, I do co-host. Uh, the formal name of our podcast yes. is Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, but it's Coming Out Pod has become the... It's the name now. It's, it's the shorthand. It's the shorthand. It fits on a button, so we're going with that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Love that. Um, so please, so tell me a bit about your podcast. I'm a fan, obviously. That's why you. I brought you here. Um, I saw, I've listened to, not every episode, but I've listened to oh, quite a few. I'm going to walk out. <laughs> and they're great. And uh, just kind of explain to me how you came up with the idea, why, how, where, who. All the, all the detective awesome. things. Yeah, Correct. got it. Totally. Um, I have been, uh, I started facilitating groups like discussion groups, like social groups um, at the LA LGBT Center very shortly after the 2016 election because I, you know, freaked out and was like, I gotta do something um, and have limited skills other than talking and listening to others talk. So I was like, oh, I'll do that. Um, and they had a, uh, and still do, they have a coming out workshop. Um, they have one, uh, uh, male identified people and female identified people. Uh, and so I did the women's coming out workshop and I really, I found out I really love doing it. Um, and I would like try to give them the women in the group resources for, cause we have them one night and then it's like, well, good luck with, you know, your crisis than other six days of the week. <laughs> like, it just felt kind of shitty to then like release them into the wild and be like, good luck. So I, I looked up like resources I could give them and I was like, oh, there's gotta be a podcast about coming out and they can listen to that. And then there wasn't. And I was like, how, that's, that seems so, there's a podcast about everything. So the fact that there wasn't a coming out one and I was like, I'll start one. And then I was like, but certainly not on my own <laughs> because that sounds daunting. <laughs> um, and Nicole had just started, facil I think I asked yes. you to do it at your like training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we were walking out of training yeah. and you were like, I have an idea for a <laughs> podcast. And it was actually perfect timing because first of all, I'm a total podcast ho. I love podcasts. <laughs> I, I listen to them constantly. Um, and I'm always like, did you hear on Pod Save America? Like this happened. And she, like, that's very I true. You constantly yeah. say that. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, but, but so I was already on board with the medium um, and I had been doing YouTube videos that were actually largely related to um, my sister's passing and dealing with grief um, and just dealing with kind of the day-to-day -day stuff that was coming up and like happy, sad, everything in between. Um, but I did not want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> that was not, I mean, hats off to everyone who does that it is an enormous amount of work. Um, and you have to be on camera. <laughs> oh my God. And you have to be on camera, which is a whole other thing. Um, but it just, I, 
was kind of, you know, phasing it out and knowing that I wanted to do a podcast and like my YouTube channel had kind of turned into a podcast. I was doing like long form interviews and no one's, and no one watches an hour long YouTube video. Like that's not a thing. Um, so when Lauren approached me about this, I was like, yes, this is a great idea. And I'd also been doing the YouTube channel by myself. So I knew how hard it was to do something solo. So doing it together felt like fantastic. And I've been, um, like a, an out actor and activist in the community for <laughs> too many, too many years, a little more years than I'm willing to admit. Um, so this just felt right. It was, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Random pitch. Uh, a friend of mine just released her podcast, just launched it. And it's about, she interviews millennials who have lost a parent or a sibling or whatever. Oh, and wow. it's called Dying of Laughter. Oh, oh wow. wow! So if you're interested in so interested listening or talking or yes, uh, it's really great. Okay, I am immediately going to subscribe to that great. <laughs> as soon as we leave. Yeah. So tell me about these workshops. What kind of tools would you do? What does that look like? Oh, that's okay. It's at least when I do them, it's very sort of um, freeform, talky, talky, therapy esque. I there are some facilitators who. Um, probably go a little more uh, regimented where it's like, okay, we're going to end each each group with saying like, what are your goals for next week and stuff like that. And I, um, the word goals makes me like, oh, like the, any, anything that feels like homework or like in, in assignment or something personally makes me sort of like, like tighten my asshole a little bit. So I feel like I don't put that on other people in case they also feel that way. But again, it's all the facilitators kind of do it differently. We all go through training, but it's very sort of loose. Um, so when I facilitate, it's really, it's, I've never been in group therapy, but I imagine it's similar to that. It's people talking and sharing. And then, you know, we, we do check-ins where it's like, hey, where are you at versus the last time you were in this group, whether it was last week or whether you've been gone for a couple months. People come at all different phases of their coming out. So we definitely get people who have like never said the words before, but are thinking that they, they might be queer, but aren't sure. And then we get people who've known they've been queer for a million years, but haven't come out in a certain capacity. Like some people are like, I'm out to everybody, but not my family. And how do I do that? And some people are like, I'm out to, uh, you know, my family, but I don't, I no one, I've never had a job where I've been out. So it's just, it's very different depending on the person, um, but yeah, we just sort of, we only speak from our own experiences. Uh, we're careful to do that because we're not trained uh, doctors or therapists or anything. Uh, I try to do it with a lot of like humor and like lightness um, because I think that's uh, an overlooked aspect of, of something. That's translates to our podcast. I mean, yeah, that was time. a huge thing when we sat down and started being like, okay, so we know we want this to be about coming out, but what do we want it what do we want it to be? What do we want the format yeah. to be? What do we want the tone to be? And we were both immediately like, we want this to have a light tone, something that feels like it's not, because it can just be so heavy. And some of our episodes are very serious. Definitely. And delve into very deep and emotional things. Yeah, we don't shy away from no, that. No, not at all. But 
overall, the feeling is celebratory. Um, and we really wanted to keep that. And Lauren and I are both like jokey people. So we, <laughs> we like that that aspect of it too. That was really important yeah. to us to bring some some light around it because I think queer issues can often be like shrouded in like yes. death and awfulness. Yeah, I think if, <laughs> for, for any listeners who might not have seen like every lesbian movie ever released, which yeah. is my thing, but maybe not y'all's, uh, there, there's definitely a trope that's getting better, but yeah. specifically, with queer female films it's like who's gonna die in this one like they're just always so dramatic and overwrought and if there's not a death then there's definitely someone and marrying a man because I can't deal with it so it's just like that was kind of the only model out there for a very long time and I do think it's getting better but um yeah I don't know that I think with uh with gay men there's a little more freedom for like the fun and the campy and like that and then with women it's like my very serious acoustic guitar song about when I realized I was gay and it's like all right did you see the SNL sketch about like it was like gay men summer and it was all these like nasty boys doing all these nasty things and it was like gay girl summer and then it was like all these women in turtlenecks yeah, that were like nailed it. crying about their feelings. Nailed it. Yep, yeah. Nailed it. No, yeah. No, I did not yeah, see yeah. that sketch, but yeah. And so we wanted our <laughs> podcast to sort of bridge the gap from like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Love that. Um, would you like to share your stories of coming out? Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Um, yeah. We, we can truncate. We yeah, will can. truncate. The elongated versions are in the first episode of our podcast, um, which is definitely our longest episode. Yeah, because- and definitely like, oh, these people have never podcasted before. <laughs> You can tell. Yeah, um, it's a it's a starter episode. Um, but yeah, we tell the long versions of yeah. the po- of the because uh, we should explain every every episode of the podcast mm-hmm. is we have a guest and they tell their coming out story, whatever that means to them, because there are different you know different kinds of coming outs. Uh, and so in the very first one, we not interviewed, but we told each other because we had never heard each other's stories before we started. Um, so yeah, that is the full, the full journey is available episode one, but yeah, we can certainly, we can. Sure. Yeah. Is there a reason you hadn't told each other or? Yes. We, oh, we try not to do that. that. <laughs> like that was, that's the whole thing with, with guests. We prefer not to know what their stories are yeah. because we like to react in real time. Okay. Um, and so we decided we would do that with each other. Yeah. yeah. But also we didn't know each other super well when we started no. doing it. So it hadn't like, like come up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it doesn't come up because with coming out stories, it's just like a lot of times it's like way deep in your past. So you can be pretty tight with someone and you've just like never talked about it for whatever reason. So, yeah. 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 So, OK. Uh, mine took place at field hockey camp. Is there anything <laughs> gayer? It's pretty good. <laughs> field hockey camp. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically. Uh, I was 15. Um, there were all kinds of things in my past, like that started, you know, flooding in after this moment in time, uh, where I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, but I'm bisexual. I should say that. Um, so I, (laughs) I was on my way to field hockey camp, um, driving up to Yukon, uh, with my mom and we knew that there were going to be college counselors and also the men's New Zealand team because uh, internationally field hockey is a men's sport. Um, so all of us like horny, you know, 15 year old girls were like, oh my God, cool, like hot New Zealand guys are going to be coaching us, awesome. Um, and so everybody's kind of a buzz about that. And we, the first day, the next day we went out onto the turf and like sun is shining, you know, it's like the, the whole perfect like collegiate field 
field in front of us and we're looking at all of the counselors across the way who were scrimmaging. And we all, all of us zeroed in on this one guy who was like, in retrospect, I guess like kind of short, but so was I at the time. <laughs> so was, like kind of short and like tan, a shaved head and like wearing like baggy lacrosse shorts and a hat and just like was like, the dream of every 15-year-old girl at the time. Um, and then when the counselors were called over, this guy took off her hat and was a girl with a shaved head. And everyone, like, lost it. Like, we're all like, oh, my God, I can't believe it was a girl. It's a girl. Oh, my God, I can't believe I thought a girl was hot. Ew, ew. Like, I totally, I take it back. Like, wow. You know, and, like, I mean, they're not screaming it, but everybody's whispering it to each other. And I was there being like, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Because I'm looking at this girl and my brain can't process it because it was like, I still think she's hot. I'm looking at her and I'm like, I am just as attracted to her as I was before, but I don't know what to do with this. And I'm like, is this just, is this some sort of like lingering hangover of thinking this was a guy or is this real? And it stayed with me the whole day. And that night I went for a walk around the, the, the Yukon campus for like two hours by myself. I tried it was the time of payphones. I tried to call like my best guy friends on the payphone because I figured I couldn't talk to any of the girls about it. I didn't want to yeah. freak any girls out. I wasn't that close to the girls on my field hockey team. I was just like, this is horrible. And the whole week went by and basically I always knew where this, this chick was on the field. It, like I was, it was like sonar, you know? <laughs> um, and, and by the end of the week, I remember that like all I could think about was I just want to kiss her. I couldn't even take it further than that. I just knew that I wanted to kiss her so badly. And um, this is so cute. <laughs> I know, it's so picturesque. Well, what's funny is that her name was Ricky and spelled, we don't know how, but it's become part of our podcast from the very beginning. This find Ricky is like one of our hashtags because we're like, I don't know where Ricky went. I don't know even what Ricky's last name is, but like Ricky was so fundamental to my coming out because then in the months that followed, I kind of slowly started dipping my toe further in, telling some people, figuring it out, you know, that whole thing. But, um, but yeah, Ricky and field hockey camp. <laughs> Bless you, Ricky. Bless you, Ricky. Bless. Ricky's out there somewhere. Somewhere. One day. Yes. Um, mine is, uh, not that's like such an amazing like it feels like like a short film like it's so perfect <laughs> mine is a little one. more yes. like uh spread out so i'll just hit highlights of it um and i should say so i uh i'm gay but i did think i was bisexual for a long time so that comes into it um there there'd been like mm, indicators and crushes and that kind of thing but the first probably pivotal moment where i was like oh i can't ignore this anymore and i have to deal with it was um my sophomore year of high school um i interestingly enough also grew up in connecticut nicole and i lived in like the next town they we were very close to each other yeah. but never met till we lived out here but uh we it was my dad's birthday and so we'd gone to see a broadway show because that's what you do when you live in connecticut <laughs> that is uh true. yes and so we we saw the show crazy for you and i was in that show in high school were you really it's such a good show i played tess who yes. is that the lead no <laughs> is that the character i'm about to talk about is that the wife who sings naughty baby do you know that song Yes. No one knows the song. You know, yes. I must song. have. Because anyway, I did the in high point school. is, there is a song in the show where it's like, it's like a typical like standard where it's like the seductress is seducing the hapless man, <laughs> and like I just remember being like, 
this is really hot. <laughs> and it was, and then after we saw the show, we like walked around Manhattan and it was like April and springtime in Manhattan. And I was just like freaking the fuck out, like losing my mind because at that point I was like, oh, like this is not something that is going to go away. Like I, I was like really, really into that into that song and like into that actor <laughs> so that was probably the first time that I was like oh this is happening and then you know blah 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 a lot of stuff happens uh I had my first girlfriend in college uh we moved out to LA together we broke up all this time I thought I was bisexual so after we broke up I went back to like trying to date guys I should mention I am what is called in the community a gold star so I had never <laughs> had sex with a guy. So I was at a party and there was a guy, we were like both a year out of college. He had been in my acting class. He was like so gorgeous and so hot. And for whatever reason, it was like the vibe was right that night and, and he came home with me and I knew that like we wouldn't have to have sex because I knew that he was like a no sex till marriage person. He had like a religious situation or whatever religious people call it. So they like, probably don't call it a situation. I think they call it values. But anyway, <laughs> so I was like, okay, this will be okay. We won't have to do anything that like I'm not super ready to do. Um, but this guy, like we'd been buddies at school. Like we were like friends and everybody, as you mentioned off mic earlier, calls me flans. So at one point, so I'm like hooking up with this guy in my bed. I'm super, super not into it, but like, Dry as the Sahara. Thank you, hundred <laughs> percent. Thank you for saying it. But like, just like not into it in any capacity. And I want, and this poor guy who's so lovely. And at one point, he's just like, he's going down on me. And I just remember, like, he looks. It was this part is like a movie. So like, he looks up and he's like between my legs, and he goes, "Flans, are you okay?" <laughs> the least sexy thing that can happen in bed with someone is someone calling you your like college last name nickname and so he goes plans are you okay and I go oh, sorry I really think I'm gay <laughs> because at that point I'd been like I'm fine but then in that moment I was like this guy who I kind of had a crush on through college and he's so gorgeous and I was like if this isn't doing anything like I'm gay like what did he say he was very good. He like he had known that I had a girl. Like he knew my girlfriend. Like we'd all gone to school together. So he just kind of laughed and he was like, "I think I'm gonna go." And I was like, "You can like spend the night." He's like, "No, nah, nah, I'm gonna go." <laughs> and he was like, "Thank God, very cool about it." Because again, we'd known each other at this point for like five years, and he had seen me date this girl, and like he he was pivotal in me realizing that like no, it was that was it. I'm gay. <laughs> so, Love that. So bless you. Freshman year of college, I hooked up with this guy who I was, he was one of my good friends. And then we like made out. And then there was like this weird sexual tension. And we decided we were going to hook up. And we like made a plan to hook up. Oh. And uh, yeah, he lost his boner while it was in my mouth. Oh, no. no. And I was like, I'm really bad at blowjobs. Oh, no. And uh and then later on, he was like, I'm, I think I'm the only girl he's ever hooked up with. Oh. Yeah. The one and only. This is the thing. You know when you're hooking up with a gay guy. Like, I've hooked up with, <laughs> I, I'm just sick. I've hooked up with two guys. One in my 20s and the other one, oh, oh yeah, it, both were in my 20s, but early and late. And one was in college. And I just both had this, like, 
there was this feeling of over overcompensation oh. where I'm like, it's like they were trying to go through like a playbook of what they thought, like what they thought they were supposed to touch. They're like, squeeze boob here, you know, like thrust a lot. And you're like, what's happening here? Like just did not seem at all into it, but like overly into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was just trying so hard and I was like, Oh, you gay. Well, he was <laughs> he was so good at going down on me. Oh, hey. And I was like, because he had told me like he'd never like hooked up with anyone before. Mm. And uh, I was like, why are you so good at this? And he's like, oh, porn. So he had like, <laughs> he like studied what to do. Good for him. And then Great when it came to, to me trying to do the same for him, it was like, nope. And he oh. later told me, he was like, I was going through everything in my head. I was like, get the boner back, get the boner back. <laughs> And then like a month, and then the next night he told his best friend, he's like, I lost my boner. I don't know why. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're gay. Yeah. yeah. And he said he was so pissed off, like stormed off. And then like a month or so later, tried watching gay porn and it was like, boom. Yeah, oh! and he's like, and he's yep. like, oh, I guess I am. Yeah. And we became best friends oh, and yeah. I love him. That's yeah, so see, great. it's not an insult. Like that's why people are like, oh my God, did I turn them gay? No, they're sitting there going yeah. like, if it's not you who I think That's is exactly, amazingly yeah. attractive, then I'm clearly gay. Yeah. You know, like it's there's a compliment in that. Yeah, no, and you know? that and the guy who I was hooking up with, that's why I think he was like a little older. Like we were mm -hmm. out of college, and that's why he like he didn't. And I remember it's so funny what you're saying about that guy because I remember like thinking of a girl in our acting class because I was like well that's adjacent to him like we were all in the acting class <laughs> together so maybe, so it's not like that fucked up if I think about this girl right and it's like what are at that point like what are you doing <laughs> what mental gymnastics yeah exactly like when you get to that point this I you're done. I also <laughs> love that, like, Lauren and Mike coming out, the, like, the girls who made us realize are so indicative of the girls that we're attracted to. Like, mine are, like, you might think could be yeah. a boy, you know? Okay. <laughs> or is somewhere in that sort of identity. And Lauren's are, like, high femme. The femiest. <laughs> I mean, I was, and still am, but at least have a lid on it now. Like, was into straight girls for, like, d decades. <laughs> like, that's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> But hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? So what are some of your favorite things that have happened since making your podcast? Have you had people reach out and say, yes. this was exciting? This was, tell me about that. Yeah, that's been amazing. I mean, that's been the coolest part, I think, is like we get feedback I'll say all the time. Yeah, all the time yes. is what it is. Um, uh, via email, via direct messages, uh, all of it with like some t some people tell like their full story. Yeah. Also, when they, I mean, paragraphs yeah, long, like yeah. that you can tell they've just never told anyone, or they like it gave them an excuse to sort of write it all down and get it out, which I think is amazing. Um, and you know, knowing that they would have us as an audience to at least sit and read it, um, and just people thanking us for for doing it and helping them realize that, that they are somewhere on the queer spectrum or you know that they need to tell somebody something or whatever it is um it's been 
it's ridiculous. I think that's, I mean, that's why we do it, yeah, right? Like definitely. it's, it doesn't make us the big bucks. Like doing this podcast. <laughs> or the bucks. <laughs> Same, bucks. period. The bucks um, are zero. Yes. <laughs> yes. The bu- with the exception of our dear, dear Patreon uh, subscribers yes. who oh help God. us pay for uh, technical equipment. <laughs> like they're, you know, the bucks are zero. So it's, um, it really is like such a labor of love and, and um, in a lot of ways, like a, a love letter to the community. I think. Yeah. Really. No, I mean, same thing. Like just the number of, of messages we've gotten from people who are like, your podcast helped me come out. And I, I told my mom or like, I, I, I realized this and that, that is, that feels real, real good. Like if, if I'm having like an off day or whatever, I'm like, Duh, I've never done anything. And then I read a message. It's like, you saved my life. I'm like, oh, fine. I did one. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. And yeah, we're very fortunate in that respect extremely yeah and I mean we you know and it's it's uh we take it very seriously in terms of how what we say how we edit the podcast um how we cover topics because we're very careful to say like we are not therapists and like any advice that we're giving or any um experience that we're sharing is truly from our experience it is not like it's not clinical advice by any stretch. Um, And we like are very careful to say that we also don't assume to know anybody else's situation because what is safe for another person is not safe for somebody else, um, uh, depending on how the people in their lives will react or the place they live or whatever. Uh, So we we are very careful to preface things by that. And we're just, we're careful about the way that we talk about things because it's this, like the podcast has been an education Mm -hmm. for us too. Big time, um, not only into different people's identities, the the way that people identify, um, but just like yeah, their their proclivities, their attractions, their um, what they're not attracted to, what they how they think of themselves, and like it's really diversified the way that I've thought about gender and sexuality too, and the way that I talk about it. And our our listeners educate us, which is really cool because there's a ton of stuff we don't know about. So we had, like we had a guest on. Um, I want to say it's episode 64 because I'm OCD and remember things like that. You're but so good uh, at his that. name was his name was John Arrow, and he was our first aromatic, uh, aromatic, aromantic guest. What does that mean? Aro, I it's not aromatic, which is what I always want to say. Which <laughs> <laughs> he smelled like Shit. lavender. Um, no, so aromantic is people are becoming more familiar with asexual. Mm-hmm. Aromantic is like the I guess, and I'm probably defining this incorrectly, but it's the more uh, uh, emotional or romantic side of that. So it's like, for example, this he in particular is like fine with sex, but doesn't want the relationships he realized, relationships as a word, like yes, he wants those close friendships, those connections, but in terms of the traditional, what we think of as like, this is my boo kind of relationship, like repeatedly we're not working for him. Am I, please yeah. jump in. It's yeah, so and hard it to wasn't, explain. Like, it is really hard to explain. Yeah, I think, because it's I not think this anti-relationship. One is, yes, it's and it's more nuanced of, even than yeah. asexuality. Because um, asexuality, I think we can wrap our heads around. Um, there are times I feel asexual. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't want sex, I just want to cuddle. Um, mm-hmm. But like, but I think with, um, a- aromanticism is different because love and being in love is such yes, a, a sort of is. amorphous, 
feeling anyway and I think is defined by the person feeling it. And we kind of call this thing in love, but we're just guesstimating what that is in everybody else's experience. So talking about aromanticism is difficult because I do think it also varies from person to person. Um, but my, my understanding is that it's basically that love is felt, connections are yes. felt deeply, but this, this feeling of in love is not something that they connect to and nor that they want. That it's just a sort of like, I would rather have a life partner, sure, but like that's not, but like not with all this romantic strings attached. He, he talked about this thing called queer platonic relationships. Yeah. And as soon as he said, I was like, that's what I feel with my best friend, where it's mm -hmm. like, it's heightened from a friendship. Like she and I, she lives in Atlanta, but I recently visited her and we talk about like living together when we're old. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, uh, she has a house cause she is more on top of her shit than I am. But she's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, this'll be your room. And like, we'll do that. And I'm like, yeah. And we talk like in those terms. And I do think there is like, there is more of an attraction there that's like, than I have with other friends, but it's not like a sexual attraction. It's like so hard to explain, mm -hmm. but in listening to him talk about it, I was like, oh, I get that. He would talk about like going on dates with someone he cared about, but having like, like a kind of a, an anxiety attack because it was like, oh, this isn't right. Like really people should listen to the episode because yeah. he talks about it so eloquently, but it really resonated with me as being like, oh, I think I'm somewhere on that spectrum. Like everything has to be in place for me to feel romantically comfortable with someone. And if I don't, I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever felt. I'm melting inside. Whereas so. I'm polyamorous and love everybody. So yeah. there we go. We're very, we're very different. <laughs> this is why our podcast <laughs> we works. We have very different experiences in our lives. Uh, the thing I'm, that like gives me anxiety and also makes me feel better is like the more the language evolves and the more like you said, I'm on this spectrum somewhere. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many spectrums yes. the more I learn about it. And that also makes me feel good because it's like, well, there's so many spectrums and I'm here, here, and I'm here, there, and I'm here, there. And yes. I'm, yeah. and it all feels fluid and it yes. all feels like it may be different tomorrow, but. Yeah. And it's all yeah. like, there's so much of it that intersects too, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like, it's a little, a little your little gift basket. Of identity. Yeah. Ooh, I like choosing that. <laughs> different things. That's good. There's just a lot more uh, variance, I think, than people ever talked about before. Segwaying a little bit, what's the grossest thing you've ever done? Ah! <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I've been thinking about this. You got to go first. <laughs> I, I have to go first. You got to go first. The grossest thing I've ever done, like intentionally, or that has just like happened to my body? I'll take either or both. Well, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I mean, <laughs> who cares? Um, this happened recently. This was like, I don't know, like six months ago. And you think you reach a certain age and it's just not going to happen. But I was very sick. But, no, but the kind of sick where like, you're still like going to work and doing stuff like that. You just feel terrible. And it turns out I had a stomach flu. And I shit my pants for the first time. And really, you do think you hit a certain age and you're out of the woods on that. You're like, well, I'm in the clear. <laughs> There's no way that could happen to me now. But then you get stomach flu. And thank Christ, I was like coming home from work. Like I was not around people. And I was like in my garage and like could go right upstairs and deal with that situation. But that is the grossest thing like that fucking sucks 
Uh, I do not recommend that. Yeah, my my really sister unpleasant. my sister once <laughs> shat her pants uh, while driving and called me to give me the play by play. She literally is driving like this, like like yeah. <laughs> this, that was almost like me. That. Yeah, that was almost me. Yeah, yeah. And oh. she was like, "I just shit my pants." I was like, "Why are you calling me? What's happening?" And she got pulled over. <gasps> she got four shitting her pants. <laughs> no, I know. Because she was fucking talking on the phone to me while like giving me the play this by play. This is the best thing I've like, ever heard. I don't know. Oh, this was like my sister won literally won storytelling awards <laughs> for this story um, because the way she used to tell it was unbelievable. So I won't even remotely do it justice. But basically, she's like, she's like, I don't know what to do. And she's on her way to her therapist's office, which oh, is the best this part of this. <laughs> She's, but she's on the phone with me being like, what do I do? And I was like, Kim, you got to just like pull over and go to a bathroom or something. And she goes, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, what? And she goes, I'm getting pulled over. I'm getting pulled over. <laughs> what? I was like, get off the phone, call me back. But I'm in hysterics. I call my girlfriend at the time. I was like, you have no idea what's going on. Oh so like this whole fo- like phone train started. Did she oh get a ticket? That's oh yeah. I want. Oh, oh yeah. She got it. She got a ticket. And later my That's dad. Awful. Well, and she did the thing. I God bless my sister, but she was like, <laughs> she would not have known not to do this. She got out of the car, Whoa. which you're not supposed to do, and she's like waddling <laughs> toward the because <toward laughs> she's trying to explain what's going on. He was like, "Ma'am, ma'am, get back in the vehicle, get back in the vehicle," and she's like, "I have an emergency in my pants." Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> He was like, I don't know like, what that means. Not she a great thing to say to a probably smelled cop. like God knows what. And you know what she smelled like. <laughs> and I think he just, he was like, he just quickly wrote her a ticket and was like, go, go. Because he didn't know what the fuck was going on. I'm sure he thought it was a period issue or something. But anyway, she gets to her therapist's office, which luckily was like right around the corner. And she goes into the bathroom and she calls me again. And she she's telling me what happened with the cop. And she pulls out her pants. She goes, Oh my god. I was like, what? She goes, it's a full shit. She's like, it's a full <laughs> shit. And she and she used like all the paper towels in the bathroom and she had to cancel her appointment because she wasn't gonna sit there yeah, and like, shitty I pants. would hope so. Oh my god. And 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 the next day when she went back because she'd rescheduled the therapy appointment for the next day and the bathroom was out of order. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my god, I feel so much better about my story. Yeah, now. no, yeah, was like a whole. Yeah, that mine was like. Yeah. Did she tell so her therapist? She to- oh, she told her therapist, but she but so like she had to go to a hearing though for the ticket. Jesus Christ. And because Connecticut, I don't know, whatever. And and my and this is months and months after, and she's told this story so many times that she's like super excited to tell it <laughs> at the hearing. <laughs> And then they didn't ask her. They were like, because they sh- she was like, look, I got like an earpiece for my phone. They're like, all right, fine. She's like, wait, but uh, you don't want to know what, what happened? Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So I guess that's not my gross story. That's her gross story. But that's a wonderful story. That's a really good story. Yeah. Yeah. I did debate whether to tell my therapist or not just because I'm like, well, this is a big formative thing in my life. And it's like the only thing I haven't told her because I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> I try really hard not to keep secrets, but I was like, I, I can't. I'm sure I can't she tell Patty this. Like, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> like, Patty. I can't. Uh, so, what's, so what's your grossest My story? My grossest story? I don't know if this is the grossest, but it was pretty bad. Um, so, God. So I was staying with my friend in London, and I, God 
damn it, he totally doesn't know this. <laughs> Kyle, don't listen to this. Um, and I was like, maybe are we gonna hook up? And he's like so hot. We used to hook up in college, and and we're totally just buds. But like, but I was like, it's my last night in London. Maybe we'll hook up. So I'm obviously shaving my pussy, and I was like, <laughs> and I. <laughs> And I nicked myself so bad oh and that it like started to pus, but I was like, oh. no, it can't pus, it can't pus, like that can't happen. And so then I like squeezed the pus, it made it even worse. Sorry, anyway, and I was like, well, okay. I mean, luckily, quote unquote, we didn't hook up. Oh, kind of a bummer, but anyway, we didn't hook up, so I didn't have to worry about that, but I boarded a plane to oh. Paris the next day to, to see my other friend. And this thing's really hurting and I'm like, Fuck. I was like, God, I, I, like, I hope it's okay, but it's, it's just gonna go away. Right? So you know, like, we've all been nicked shaving. Like, it'll just go away. No, no. Um. So over the next three days, this thing just grows and grows to the point where I can like barely have pants on because it's rubbing against my pants. Oh. And I, my last stop was Berlin, seeing another friend, and I literally got off the plane. And thank God, he's my best friend. And I was like we need to go to the hospital, like immediately. I can't, I basically can't walk. And so we went to this German hospital and the doctor takes a look and is like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a full abscess. Like we oh. need to cut it open. <gasps> and I was like, okay. And I mean, it was like right on the ins, like inside my thigh. Like it wasn't like directly, uh, it was like just kind of to the side, but I was like, oh God, what? A very sensitive area. <laughs> and so, and so it being Germany and Europe, they're like, oh, fuck it. Or like, fuck like pain medication. You don't need that. They give it like candy here, but they're like, man, you're fine. And so this like German doctor just sprays this like cold shit on mm. and then slices <gasps> it. And I was like, <gasps> and my eyes, immediately I started crying. It was like one of two times in my life where I was in so much actual physical pain that I was crying. And this creepy ass German doctor just reaches his hand onto the side of my cheek and goes, That's the worst part of the story. Oh God, <laughs> that it is moment. The worst part. I was like, Jesus. And like they sent me with like two like Advil. They're like, there you go. And I was like, limping like, out. Oh my God. Yeah. So all because I wanted to hook up with my friend who didn't even want to hook up with me. Oh, Kyle. You don't know what you were missing <laughs> out on, buddy. Pre-surgery yeah. abscess. That's a bucket list item. <laughs> oh my God. I just so, want to say so also the dynamic of our podcast is exactly that Nicole's story is like like I'm shaving my pussy. I'm maybe gonna have sex. And mine is like I was all alone in my garage and shit my <laughs> like this is definitely the the lifestyle that we both lead. But you said you said you were like in between two stories, right? No, was I? Yeah, you were like, do you worst thing that I ever did or worst thing that ever happened to my body? I think I was just stalling because I didn't want to tell a story about shitting my pants. I didn't have another one. I, I could be like, no, I'm picking my hangnails. But look, let's not. I mean, I'm on a podcast and I want to be real because podcasts are where you get real. Oh no, that was my only story. Oh my god! So you just had to walk oh around Germany, Germany with like, with like, like gauze, just like shoddily taped with like medical tape. They thought it was Germany though. And you I pass like, like two other people, I, are like yeah. Like, 
best friend who'd been like living in a hostel. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. I was staying in a hostel with like eight other people oh, in the same room. Oh, no. never again. Um, but he'd been like living there. He was like, you know, doing like the German nightlife thing. He was so excited for me to come and like party. And I was like, I'm dying. I can't. So the three days in Germany were just me hobbling around, like trying to see a museum or two. Oh. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, oh, and a PS to the story because they don't give out antibiotics so uh, so much in in Europe. Uh, the fucking <gasps> infection didn't go away, and so even though the abscess went down, the infection stayed. And I got home, and two weeks later, another identical abscess oh. popped up an inch away. <gasps> And I had to go to the doctor here, and of course they fucking put shots of Novocaine and shit. I didn't feel a goddamn thing because we're in America. Anyway, <laughs> you will not feel and they will in this drug country you. You in any capacity. Shit. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and then and they did the same same thing, um, but it it hurt a lot less the second time. And they gave me, of course, they're like, "What kind of painkillers you want? Do you need like a, a like, refill? Like, what plenum. do you? Yeah, they're like, we could give you two different kinds. You could just see. And I was like, great. How about we do that. Um, so like that was not, not nearly as bad. But what's fun now is that on the inside of my thigh, it looks like I have vampire bites. No. Yes. Are you kidding they're right me? Right next to each other, and they look like just—they're just big enough to look like teeth went in. So actually, oh it kind of ended up being sexy. I yeah. <laughs> Did anyone ever ask you if it's? Yes, I've had people be like, "What is? It? What happened?" And you're like, "Those are my vampire bites." It's pretty clear that a vampire went down on me. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never else? been what with someone who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to Lauren Flans and Nicole Payson for coming on to Dirty Girl today. Head on over to their podcast feed, Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, to hear coming out stories from queer folks of all walks of life. Also, fun update. You know Ricky, the camp counselor that made Nicole realize she was bisexual? She has been found and they interviewed her on a recent episode of their pod. I highly recommend. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. 